Hi, this is David. And this is Shay. And you're listening to CFCR, and we are Board on the Air, where we talk about board games and board game-related topics. On tonight's show, we are going to discuss the award-winning, what we've been playing, and new board game news. And for our main topic of the day, we're going to talk about replayability in board games. What makes a game replayable? What makes a game not replayable? Yes. Shay? <laughs> Big, big, big question for you tonight. Yeah, yeah, hit me. Did you play a board game last week? I didn't. I dyed my hair instead. I see. <laughs> yes. See, um, see you, you do understand you have a weekly radio show where we talk about board games. And board game related topics. And yeah. one of our award winning features is what have we been playing? We haven't won an award yet. Well, so you're so, lying. <laughs> It's self-awarded. Self-awarded. Okay, well, I apologize. Okay. Um, I just didn't have time. Okay. I'm so sorry. Have you played a board game in your life? I have played a board game in my life. Okay. Would you like to discuss that board game? I would like to discuss one of the many board games I've played in my okay. life. Okay, and yeah. what would that board game be? I'm going to discuss Dixit. So. What is Dixit? Dixit. It's hard to describe. Basically, it's a clue-giving game. Like, I kind of... It reminds me a little bit of um, Mysterium. Okay. Right? The idea. So, what's what happens is you, every player has kind of a handful of these cards which have pictures on them. And they're kind of out there, a little weird. If you've played Mysterium, you understand what I'm talking about. They're kind of those, like... Um, they're, they're just strange photos that don't make a ton of sense. And what you have to do is... Or what everybody does is they're go you say a clue and you put your card down that matches that clue. And people have to figure out which one is your card. That's the goal of the game. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly. So, yes. Yeah, so, somebody says a clue and however many people are playing all put a card into a pile. Yeah. And then the clue giver takes all the cards and puts them down and says, okay, everybody guess whose is which. Yeah. Except for the clue giver. Right. Yeah. Everybody, everybody has to pick their, their goal is when you give a clue. So if I gave like, I don't know, sand, you, everybody else at the table would have to try and figure out which of the cards I put in. My goal is I want one person to guess at least one person to guess my card, but I don't want everybody to guess my card because if everybody guesses it, I get no points. But if just one person does, I get the same amount of points as if the other people do. Like, you know, as long as not everybody guesses it. For every wrong answer, the person whose card that actually belongs to gets points as well. Yeah, so yeah. If, I, if you gave the clue, I guess somebody else's, that person that gets person points. That person gets points, yeah. yeah. And it's, the reason I like this game is because it's simple, right? Yep. Like, it's, it's pretty easy and it's fun because you have to really think about your clues. You got to make sure you don't give ones that are too easy. But also, if nobody guesses your card, you get no points. So you have to make sure somebody's going to understand it. When the big one for me, I managed to do it where I had one that I'm like, I know one person who will understand this clue. Yep. At least one person will understand this. And I put it in. I had two for sure. One was a musical that Jordan understood. And the other one was uh, anime, which you, you knew about. So, yes. um, so it was kind of like almost like you're trying to aim the clue to at least one person. But again, you have rules about what clues you can give, right? Like you can't say the whole thing. 
of like well, of a you title. Can... You can't say a whole title. You can't say a, a you can give a sentence, but you can't use certain words in it. So you're kind of restricted in terms but, of your clue giving. I thought it was minimal as to the rules you could. It was use. relatively minimal, but like, like you can't say this thing is a dragon type thing, right? Like, yeah, you couldn't use something that was very personable that yeah. only one per well, not only one person, but it, it had to be common knowledge stuff. Yeah, I believe is how it went, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think like it had to be common knowledge. And I remember because the clue I used for you was Howl's Moving Castle, but I think I only said Howl's Moving. Because we weren't allowed to use full titles of anything. Yeah. I, or something I, like that. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, we've only played this game once. Yeah. Um, but I did have a, a fun time with it. Well, it's the a only... nice entry-level game. Yeah. That, and it, it's that icebreaker game. It's easy to teach. It's easy to play. The only downside to it I found uh, is it didn't give you enough cards, I thought. Because like the way it works is you the game ends when you're out of cards. And yeah. then you tally up the points. But... The thing is, even when we played, we actually used all the cards they gave you. And I felt like, well, look, replayability. I felt like you would then play again and you'd start figuring out clues for cards and it could get a little boring. I, I would think so. But you're, you're always going to have that randomness of randomness that not everybody's going to have the same cards exactly. at the same time. Yeah. At the and But there is... I'm going to say 10 expansions for Dixit. Oh, Dix okay, it. yeah. So we just need to get the expansions. Yeah, which, you know, they're all 30 bucks, right? Yeah. You know, so it's it's one of those games that there there is replayability once you add the expansion. Yeah. Uh, good game. Good game. Uh, really easy to teach, really easy to play. Yeah. Uh, cute, I think the... Uh, I like the art. The Well, all the art is the Mysterium cards. Yeah. It's different different paintings and stuff that people have done. And you're keeping score on the board itself, and your markers are bunnies, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're adorable little woodland animals. Yeah. Cool. I played a couple of games. Uh, not as much as I'd like to, since it was Tabletop Day and didn't get a game in on Tabletop yeah. Day. Uh, but I did play Trois, spelled T R O Y E S, and I played Bruxels. And both of them are, I'm going to say, five, six years old games. Uh, but both really solid games. Uh, start with Trois. Uh, played that Thursday night. There's three of us. And it is sort of dice drafting, dice using game. Uh, there's three different one, yeah, three different color dice that you're using. And depending on where your workers are on the board is how many of those dices you get. There's X amount of spots under each dice category. And one's military, one's clergy, and one's basically money. And so the spots are there, and you, and you can put your workers on those using dice and push other workers out, or other guys' workers out. Uh, so your, your quantity of dice is changing each turn, but also once you put them in the middle, you're also able to use other people's dice in the middle. So if somebody has a, a number that you want or need, you pay them, it's either two, four, or six, depending on how many dice you're using with that dice or how many dice you are stealing, basically. And really, really neat game. Uh, each section had three cards under it, so you, it's played over three ages. Okay. Uh, so about an hour or so and you could be done the game. It took us a little bit over an hour, but that was with the teach. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And, but 
there's probably 10 cards for each area. So there's tons of replayability to it, uh, lots of variability to it. Uh, just a really, really solid game. Yeah. Uh, I think I finished probably last in it. Of course. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep with your streak, yeah. right? Yeah. Second or last, I can't remember. But it, it was just really cool how, how you were using the dice to manipulate where your workers went and how you were getting victory points from those because there was invaders at the bottom that you had to attack with your military dice. Yeah. And just a really solid game all around. Oh, that sounds uh, cool. Art was sort of 3D-ish, a little Steffenfeld in the colors, a little brownish in the colors, but it was it was a little bit a little bit nicer than that. There was more going on. There was more going on. It was a little bit nicer than yeah. uh, some of the blander stuff. Uh, covers, nothing spectacular, but really solid game. I would definitely play that one again and add to my collection if I had the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, the other one was Bruxels, which we played Friday night at our uh, friendly local game store. And that one, I had a really good time because I absolutely crushed everyone. Oh, good. <laughs> what type uh, of game is it? It's, it's a worker placement game as well. And you, you're building buildings on one, one half of the building. Oh, building. Is there buildings in this game? There are not really buildings. They're cards. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you, each person starts with six buildings. And... On one side of the board is a five by five grid. And at the beginning, you're flipping over a market tile and it's giving you a axis point. And that axis point, it gives you two axis points. And you have to put a, basically a picture frame down to, to use that section of the board. So you're not gonna use the full five by five grid each turn or each round, each of the, I believe it's five rounds we played in that, five or six rounds. So it, it's really strategic as to what you're doing because you can never use the smallest section. Yeah. It always has to be the biggest section from that access point. So there's points where we were in a three by three grid. There's points when we were in a four by four grid, right? Right. And so there was, I'm going to say four different guys or four different people you're putting your things on. Four, four or five. One was like build a building. One was sell a painting. Uh, one was take a painting, one was, oh, I forget what they were. There, there was a couple other ones, but it just different little, it was a really point salad game. So everything gotcha. you did gave you points. And, you know, when you built your buildings, you could put one of your buildings on anything that didn't have a worker on it already. And the cost of those buildings was on a, basically a rondelle. So when you'd build a building, you had a two clock hands that you could turn, but they couldn't couldn't ever be on the same one. So it was varying. One one would be like one of three types. One would be uh, $3. And then the, there's three that were the sing, or a single of each of the types. And then one that was a clear one that just meant use double the other one. And on your buildings, uh, the first layer of buildings, first two, you paid two resources. So two of whatever those two hands are pointed at. Mm -hmm. Then it was three of those, then four of those to get all your buildings out. I think I got four out by the end of the game. And so you put those buildings out. And then if anybody put their person on the square to do something that had your building on, you got a bonus. So if somebody was... Uh, Taking advisor was another one. Yeah. So if somebody took one of the advisors, which you could either take an instant bonus or you could put it in front of you and use that bonus every 
turn if you activated it. But it cost you money at the end of the game to have these advisors because you, advisors because you had to pay for them. Of course. Uh, and it was really neat because as you're using the main board to uh, do these different actions, they had little crowns in between, or every access point was a crown. And at the end of each round, whoever had the most in the four spaces around each crown got bonus points. And those bonus points you could manipulate into getting more. And so off the start of the game, I after the first round, we didn't we didn't pick that up in the teach when Dan was teaching us. And so we start doing it and we get all these points. And I just got lucked out that I got all these points from this. <laughs> so each round then, I just focused on that. Yeah. And focused on getting my bonus points up. So when I was getting four points for everyone I won, everybody else was getting one or two. Oh, yeah. Right? So I just, by the end of the game, I had almost lapped everybody, which rarely happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm you not, suck. I'm not terrible at games, but I'm, I have been in a really dry spell lately of actually winning stuff. And a dry although, spell of games. Although in the last week I've won twice. So that's I'm, true. I'm pretty you know happy. What? That's right. I'm pretty happy. But, you know, same thing. Not a super pretty game. Uh, the paintings were really, really plain little, yeah. uh, probably two centimeter by two centimeter squares. And they're one of four colors. And when you were selling them, if somebody... There was two spots you could sell to, basically, and say a blue and a green were there, you couldn't sell a blue or a green. Right. You would have to sell one of the yellow or pink. Gotcha. Okay. But, I mean, we already know you don't like themes, so does it even matter? Do you even need colors? Black and white. Well, I'm just trying to add the theme to you. Ah, gotcha. So For those of us that like yeah. theme. Bo both games were Euros, so they're very light on theme, very yeah. high on mechanics. Uh, interaction was racing to different spots in both of them, uh, which is what I like. I don't like a lot of take that in my games either. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of take that. Yeah. yeah, I, you know, stealing from other people, like stealing a dice from somebody is fine, but I don't want to play a card that's going to take five money from somebody or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm not a huge fan of war games where you're fighting for a square. You know, I'll play them a bit, but... Yeah, if, they're not if, my favorite. If combat is the main thing to do in a game, I'm iffy as to I'm, I'm if not, I really want to play it. I'm not a big fan of games where somebody else's move could totally ruin mine, right? Like yeah. where they can absolutely inf uh, affect what I want to do. Yeah. It, yes and no. In a sense. Like, you know what I mean though, right? Where it's kind of like... You want, sometimes you want to play a game where you want to build up a strategy and the other yep. ones you're like, let's see where this takes me. Yeah, oh, exactly. It was, it's sort of like the uh, Raccoon Tycoon from yeah, last week, exactly. right? You know, I was doing whatever, but I knew in bids, I just wanted the money to go up because I didn't have a lot of money, Yeah. but I wanted everybody else to spend more than what I had. Yeah. Right? So uh, both of them good euros, both of them uh, decent art, both of them are... Solid games. Both of them I would play again, definitely. Cool. Uh, I really enjoyed both of them. All right. You're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR. And let's jump into the news. Okay. News is a little bit light today. So I'm probably reaching on a few of these. Uh, for those of you that know Brass Lancashire and Birmingham, uh, Roxley Games has released on Kickstarter today with the Iron Clays, which came with the deluxe versions. Basically, they're really nice poker chips with uh denominations on them already so nice. a lot of people like to use poker chips instead of paper money or cardboard chits 
These are just really, really nice ones. Cool. Uh, I think they're about 53 bucks plus $9 shipping. So they, they are expensive, but you get 100 chips. Well, that's not bad, though. Well, it, what, what, that's what, like 50 cents a, about a that. chip? And what are they made out of? Uh, they say there is actual iron in them to give them some weight, but... Uh, I mean, that's not bad. I, I've seen them in person. They are very nice. And I know a lot of people that use them. Uh, one guy I know bought two sets, one for Birmingham or one for brass, one for just use on yeah. a side. Uh, game from Eric Lang called True Vang Legends was announced at uh, Come On. Uh, they're... Uh, Oh, Are you looking convention? Is that yes, a word? Yeah. Yes, let's go with convention. Yes. They're I convention. can English. It is convention season. Uh, UK Game Expo was on the weekend, and so was Come On Expo. Uh, not a lot came out of U- the UK one, but Come On uh, re- talked about this True Bang Legends, which is based on an RPG that I have no idea what it is. That's a role-player game for those of you non-nerds. Yeah, uh, but it is Eric <laughs> Lang who's done... Blood Rage, he's done Rising Sun, you know, most of his games are very popular. Most of them are very uh, miniature heavy. Cool. Uh, Also, new stuff for Song of Ice and Fire, which is the Game of Thrones miniature game. And they showed off the God of War card game. Uh, It's a co-op, and you're trying to stop Ragnarok. One to four players. Cool. And so that's based off the video game. Yes. 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 We're... uh, some poor sap gets mad at the gods and decides to kill them all. Cool. Yeah, that sounds like a blast. I mean, <laughs> he's he's based in the Greek, isn't he? Like the Greek gods? Well, that's why I was sort of a little bit confused that it was Ragnarok. Wait, yeah. I, that wasn't even my point. My point was, of course they're mad at the gods. The Greek gods are not yeah. nice people. But yeah. wait, Ragnarok is Norse. Yeah. That's, so, a, that's weird. I don't know. I, I, I haven't played the last game yet. I have it at home to play. But maybe he went to the Roman and now he's thinking, hey... Got rid of the Greeks. Romans are done. Let's go after some Norse. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the games, I guess, this one was uh, announced last week. Not part of UK Expo, but uh, Tussie Mussy. And it's a... <laughs> Excuse uh, me? <laughs> yeah. Tussie Mussy. It's a 15-card wallet game. And the only reason this is getting buzz is because it's from Elizabeth Hargraves. Okay. The same person who did Wingspan. You betcha. Yeah. You're learning. I know names. <laughs> Sweet. I have accomplished something, people. Are you proud of me? Yes. Yay. <laughs> You've never said that to my face before. And never will again. <laughs> uh, another one, 100 Tory was the last game that I saw got announced, and that's from the makers of Isle of Sky, which is a tile-laying game with an, sort of an auction mechanic to it almost, where you put three tiles in front of you, you put uh, money behind your screen, and then people take your tiles and you then you tell them what they're worth. Okay. <laughs> or something like that. Or you show them what they're worth and so then like, they take I'm your gonna money. I'm going to take this one. And, and you're like, ha, $100, please. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Uh, so Isle of Sky is sort of that Carcassonne 2.0. This one looks closer to Carcassonne than uh, Isle of Sky okay. in, in complexity. And that is the news. Oh, wow. That was a short news section. Uh, it was a very short news section. There wasn't a lot to chat about either. Don't worry, it'll be award season soon, and then we'll have well, more. We got Origins, we got Gen Con, yeah. uh, we got Spiel coming up. It's th- There's going to be a lot more news in the coming weeks. Perfect. Uh, you're listening to CFCR. I'm David, and I'm with Shaylin. You're listening to Board on the Air. And our main topic today is replayability. 
basically what that means for games. Because there are different games that have lots of replayability yep. and there are games that are really one-time use. And I think there's different ideas of what makes a game replayable as well. Because I know my my idea of why I want to replay games, especially when I first started playing games, is very different from other people's idea of what makes a game replayable, right? Okay. So what what game or what makes a game makes you drawn to a game is I guess what I'm trying to say. Variability. Variability, like, okay. For me, especially when I started playing games, I didn't love games that every time I played, it was the same thing, yep. right? Like I didn't like, maybe for me it wasn't, I didn't like the same story. I didn't like the fact that it was the same mechanic every time. I got bored playing games, right? And I know some people, that's not the issue they have, right? It's just, if it's a fun game, it's a fun game. But for me, I liked having something that changed every time I played yep. so that I would always ha feel like I'm coming to something new. Good example of that, Betrayal on the House on the Hill. That was a reason I really liked that game was because you can play a different scenario every time you play that game. Yep. No, I could see that. Like, you know, so change in the story, change in... They're not really changing the mechanics, though, no, right? No, but you're, the you're game still doing board, the same. Right? But the board game's changing and stuff like that. And I, I I would say that's one of the things that I like too is if I'm playing a game, I don't want to do the same thing every time I play a game. I want to I want to have different ways yeah. to victory. Yes. Right? Like if there is one strategy that wins every yeah. single time in a game, yeah. that I was, takes away from a game. On my list here... I literally said, I'm like, I don't want to play a game where you can build an unbeatable strategy. Yes. That's, that's to me, that's a, there's a plot hole in that game. Something's happened that shouldn't be possible. Yeah. It's, you know, there are games out there where that is possible. You yeah. do one thing, you are going to win that game. Yeah. I, I, that one I talked about earlier, Bruxels. I would like to play that a game and see if there is something that they can defend against what I did. Yeah. Right? Or it, well, do a different strategy and see if it worked. I mean, for that one, you did say that it wasn't 100% clear for everybody. So maybe it's one of those things that if everybody knows about it, it might not be as effective, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think so. But after five rounds, I still got yeah. eight eight of the uh, yeah. 12 points and <laughs> shared on two of the other ones. So, yeah, it's, it's knowing about it and being able to defend against it, right? Yes. You know, I know one game that we really like is Raj of the Ganges. Yes. Your brother has got a strategy right now that is just crushing us in it. Okay. And I haven't played it for a while. You haven't so. played it for a while. But me and your mother have been beaten up on and beaten up on by that oh, good. lovely little child of mine. Yes. <laughs> I guess I'll have to come in and just, you know, yeah. kick his butt a little a bit. And I, I'm trying to find a strategy to beat him. And it's not that he's... It, he is going heavy in, in, in the fame track each time but he's doing it differently yeah. each time and it's i, I want to see if there's a way to stop him or limit him yeah because i tried to do money against that but and it doesn't work you don't go as no. fast right no so well a game i consider to be not super replayable maybe this is just for the same reason um smash up you know i did enjoy this game the first couple times i played it but i noticed that there's certain groups you can get that are impossible to work together and certain ones that if you have them, you can't be beat. There, there are fat like, so smash up a bunch of different factions. You choose two, you put them together. Uh, yeah, there are factions yep. that work better together than others. Definitely. I mean, it's almost like depending on how you play it, sometimes it's random how you get them. Sometimes yep. it's not. And I feel like it, it almost falls into the, like a little randomness is good. 
I think a little randomness adds to the replayability of a game. Same idea. You Definitely. Know? You, if you have a strict structure into a game, it, it's hard to change that up. Yeah, like but if something is the same every time, then everybody's going to develop their own strategy. Exactly, yeah. And you're not going to... You're going to be playing the same game over and over again. Exactly. And it's just going to get boring, yeah. right? Um, where And Smash Up is almost like on that higher edge of randomness. You can get two factions that just you can't use. Yeah. And you have no control over that. But if you choose them, you can choose ones that are way too good together. Yeah. Like Jordan would do. Well, and he knows all of them. He knows all of them, right? Yeah, he knows yeah. how to play them. Yeah. And that's where you kind of get stuck. And you, you need a sweet spot in there somewhere. Yeah, it's... I think there is a lot of replayability to Smash Up. Absolutely. In that they keep releasing expansions, and Jordan has bought, I'm going to say, 80% of the yeah. expansions. Uh, but it it comes down to how you pick them. Yeah. Uh, and luck, right? Yeah, absolutely. If, if, if you're doing it random, it is complete luck How if you're going to get a group that works together or not. Yeah. Uh, still a solid... Uh, it's still a good game. Card it's game. just, yeah. you know, I, I felt... We were getting a little stuck there when yeah, we were playing. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, what about legacy games? I was just going to ask you about <laughs> legacy games. Look at us. We're in sync. Like I'm a little scared. Yeah, it's worrying, <laughs> actually. We spend too much time around each other. Yeah. Okay, so legacy games. It's an interesting question because yeah. the idea behind a legacy game is it's a story. Yep. And when you finish the story, you're done the game. It's like a video game, right? Yep. And I know certain ones like Charterstone, you can keep playing them afterwards. But my question is, would you want to? You know, I'm curious on Charterstone because I do like the mechanic yeah. in it. And I do like worker placement. And it is a very beautiful game. And I'm curious. Uh, just, I don't want to give anything away. But with yeah. the last thing with the eye, or the clouds yeah. and stuff that came in. Uh, you know, how much variability is that going to add to that game? That, yes. So at the end of after playing a game 12 times... I think is that how many games you have to play in that. Am I going to want to still bring it out? Well, and that's the thing, right? Like for me, half of the fun of that game, because I'm not very good at it. Yep. Half of the fun of the game is opening boxes yep. and doing new things. And once that's gone, am I going to have as much fun? Because again, I haven't really figured out a strategy for it as much. Yep. Like I'm not a huge, you know, I'm not a huge worker placement person. Yes. So considering this is a strict worker placement game, I'm worried that when we're done it, I'm just not going to have as much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then there's the other legacy ones where you finish it and you are done with you it are like done. pandemic legacy yep uh game's over game's over you're, <laughs> you're, you're done you're done you're not you're not picking yeah. that game up again and you can't even sell it and give it to somebody yeah because it's, it's you're you've permanently it's, it's almost it. a throwaway game right yeah so and, that it's interesting right yep. but it's like every so far the legacy games i've played they're really fun they're oh, a yeah. blast and i think it, it falls back into that video game idea right you love playing video games you know when you're done them you're done them yes but yeah, like you, no matter how many times it says, now you can beat it on hard. He's like, no, I'm not, not plugging that game hard. back in. No, it's done. You're yeah. done the game. So it's like, on one hand, you have a blast playing it, but then you're stuck with this game. Yeah. And there's really no, not usually any replayability to it. Okay. And so yet they're popular. So on the other side of Legacy, I would consider campaign games. Mm, like so, Harry Potter or no, no I would say Harry Potter is more no I yeah I guess yeah, Harry Potter Harry would be campaign. campaign yeah yeah Harry Potter Gloomhaven yep uh, where you could go through but you can go back and play your campaigns exactly again, right? yeah you know you're not your character isn't changing each level or each time yeah Gloomhaven it is because you're getting bit, more yeah. powerful 
but you still have 98 campaigns. Yeah, so we may never, never finish that finish game. It. And, y- and you the can, expansion's out. <laughs> yeah. And you can always like just say, huh, my character's restarting, can't you? Yeah. You could just... Well, there's yeah. 17 characters you can yeah. unlock. Exactly. So, I mean, you got lots of options, right? Yeah. Uh, there's the escape room games. Yep. Single use. Uh, what about like abstract strategies? Something that is changing because there is randomness on how the tiles and stuff or whatever you're doing. Like your Azules, your Sagradas. There is randomness. So it's a different game each time. I think they're really replayable to a point. I think Catan would be an example I'd have of that. Where it's... Technically, it's it's like the well we already said it's the original, right? It's it changes. You don't play the same thing every time. But is it abstract? I don't know. That's, yeah. that's an interesting idea. But I think I think you, we know we can replay those games. Yeah. We have a blast with them every time. Yeah. I th- I could see at some point you going. Eh, I'm kind of done with this. Yeah. But Azul lets you flip the board over so you can make your own. For sure. Right, and that helps. Yeah, and look looking at my play stats, which I've been tracking since last for a year and a yeah. half, row. The ones that I've played the most are the abstract strategies. Yeah. Uh, but I think everybody has a different version of what they're going to play more. Yeah, I think or it's... what it's, makes them more It replayable. comes down to what you like to play, right? Definitely. Okay, that has been Board on the Air. I'm David. And I'm Shay. And on our poll of the week, it was... Cover art versus... What do board game publishers do poorly... Or what's what's what, the worst thing they the can do? Thing? A bad cover art or a odd shaped box? Yeah. And everybody hated odd shaped boxes. I said bad cover art. Yeah, you were one of the few. Yeah, I know. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.